0: good morning in just a moment i'm going to ask you to open your bibles to malachi chapter one but first i want you to imagine with me that you were invited to a wedding and not just any wedding but an italian wedding and growing up that was my favorite thing to do go to an italian wedding being italian myself what i knew that was There would be an amazing party afterwards, and I would get to eat as much amazing food as I wanted. So imagine that you're invited to this wedding, you're so excited, you see that it's at a really fancy place, and the people that are giving the wedding are good friends of yours. So you go, and you get all dressed up, and you go to the church, and you're like, can this ceremony be over so I can get to the reception because I can't wait for the food that's me when I was a kid right so what happens is you go to the reception and you come into this room and it's lavishly decorated it is unbelievably beautiful huge flower arrangements and white tablecloths fine china with the gold around the edges Mm -hmm. and there's like three forks and like two spoons so you know it's going to be awesome so the, the father of the bride stands up and he's like so thanks for coming and and you're like blah 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 hurry up and pray so he finally prays and the and the servers come out they've got tuxedos on and they're all all like holding these huge platters and there's this domed lid on top just like on the movie ratatouille right there's a dome lid so you're thinking something good something amazing is underneath the dome okay so they bring they bring your platter to the table to your table and you know with a flourish they they lift off the lid and what you see is leftovers leftovers they're serving leftovers at the wedding banquet you can't believe your eyes. Your table gets a casserole, saran wraps on top, and you know how it goes over the, the stuff that's left and then sinks down in the middle and over the little wasteland of gooey, dried up tuna and, and pasta and what have you. And even in your casserole, in the middle section, there's like this funky liquidy stuff because it's like sweating. And you're like, and then you get, you get jello, from a jello mold it's got like cottage cheese in it or something (laughs) that's just crazy by the way don't ever do that (laughs) don't ever do that it's so wrong and don't put carrots and celery in it either okay (laughs) wrong 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 when it comes to jello but your jello is leftover jello there's a big finger swipe through the middle of it digging out all those little fruits and nuts and stuff in there and then you get a loaf of, of sliced bread that's like kind of stale and it's not even the whole loaf and you think to yourself you have got to be kidding me you're going to serve this to us how disrespectful now if you can relate in any way then you'll understand a little bit how God was feeling when his people were offering him sacrifices that were basically worse than leftovers So, take your Bibles and turn to Malachi chapter 1. If you are able to stand with us, please stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read verses 6 through 14 of Malachi chapter 1. Here we go. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is, and you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock, and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished for I am a great king says the Lord of hosts and my name will be feared among the nations let's pray Lord God we thank you for your presence with us we thank you for your word and Lord I pray that You would teach us, that You would remind us, that You would correct us, that You would encourage us, and Lord, that You would have Your way with us. And we pray in Christ's name, Amen. Please be seated. We're in week two of Malachi, God overruling the objections of his people. Today, how have we despised your name? Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. This passage is about honoring God or not. This is about the word of God being authoritative in our lives. Malachi was writing to a group of people who had basically become careless with god's word they didn't really think god cared about them anymore they were saying he didn't love them and so they figured god wasn't all that important any longer and what he had to say really wasn't that binding on their lives they were like spoiled children who would argue with god and say you've got to give me a pony or else Last week we saw God express His love for His people and then basically throw it back in His face and say, you don't love us. And God is reminding them that He loved them in the past and the present and the future. And still they will not turn from their sins. The Lord had always loved Israel. The Lord still loved Israel. He would always love His people. And in return, it was always only appropriate for the lord to expect the honor due to a father from a child or the respect due a master from a slave i love what god is doing with with these people he is lovingly but firmly drawing them back to himself he is not rejecting his people he is wanting to restore them by his grace that's what he wants to do in your life By the way, the emphasis in in Malachi is, is very clear. Malachi means God's messenger. But the emphasis is on the message, not the messenger. Earlier today, I asked someone to go give a group of people a message. It wasn't an easy message for them to hear. I was asking them to be quiet because we could hear them from in here. And the thing is i love those people and but they were interrupting and so i sent a messenger and the messenger could have been anyone in the room but the message was the same could you please keep it down a bit trying to preach here so the emphasis in malachi is clearly on the message not the messenger 55 verses in this book 47 of them God is directly addressing his people You want to hear God speak? Read his word You want to hear God speak directly to his people? Read Malachi I want to give you the main point here of this passage I'll boil it down to something very simple Hopefully you you can grasp this quickly It's this It's very simple You honor God when you do what he says You dishonor him when you don't that's what this passage is about God is saying you honor me when you do what I say but you are dishonoring me because you are not doing what I say that you are to do and by the way if you're not a Christian today and you're kind of wondering what are we talking about and we're talking about honoring God if you're not a Christian you only honor God when you come to faith in Christ you honor God by coming to faith in Christ if you're not a Christian so if that's you today then you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will receive the forgiveness of God in Christ because of Christ's shed blood on the cross and Christ's burial and resurrection. Jesus has promised to return for all those who, who come to him by faith. And so if you are not a Christian right now and you, want, you say, I want to honor God, then, then come to faith in Christ. But for everyone who hears these words, there is no works righteousness for anyone. You can't say, I'm just going to, quote-unquote, honor God, but not really follow what God says in his word, and not really follow Jesus. They are inextricably linked. If you're going to honor God, you're going to follow what he says. If you're going to honor God, you're going to be following Jesus Christ. Now, there are three things I want you to see in this passage today. And the first thing I want you to see is that God's name should be, always be honored god's name should always be honored look at verse 6 he says a son honors his father a servant his master but if i'm a father where's my honor if i'm a master where's my fear god's name should be honored The major theme of this passage is God's name. I want you to to recognize that God's name is is mentioned six times in this passage, all by God. God is talking about his name. Psalm 113 verse 2 says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. God's name. Now, by the way, people will say God's name in all sorts of weird ways. Like, I want to honor God's name So every time I say God, I'm going to say God Because I want to honor God's name Or they'll, if you're in the South, it's Jesus, right? That's not honoring God's name That's just saying it in a certain way In some ways, uh, I like the accent But when you say God, no one wants to listen that's not what we're talking about When God says that my name Is being despised It's not like oh they're saying his name wrong They're mispronouncing it Or they're, they're kind of saying it like they don't really like him You know when you say someone's name And you have kind of a Almost a hatred in your voice for them That's not what we're talking about here God's name means something When you see this phrase My name It means something What it means is who God is God's name equals who he is it's his reputation his fame his identity his name is to be honored that means we are to honor God for who he is you are to honor God for who he is and we know who he is by his word he has revealed who he is very clearly in his word we are to honor god for who he is another word for that would be fearing god being in awe of god reverencing god think about when Jesus' disciples came to him and said teach us how to pray matthew chapter 6 verse 9 you probably know it by heart the lord's prayer how does it start how does it start our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and you're like that's the first time I said hallowed in a long time <laughs> hallowed uh, holy that's what it means holy holy is your name so you say well God's name is holy so should you always say God no God is holy when you say holy is your name what you're saying is God you are holy You are holy. Everything about you is holy. You are awe-inspiring. God is speaking to the priests. Did you notice that? It says, O priests. The Lord says to you, O priest, who despise my name? The religious leaders are despising the name of God. The people are being led astray. People become like their leaders. It's a a proven fact. People know this. People become like their leaders. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, some very sobering words for anyone who would dare to lead God's people. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. That's why it is said that the Christian life is is even more caught than it is taught. You are taught the gospel, you are taught the word of God, and then you match it up with the one who's teaching and making sure that it actually fits. It actually is consistent. God is speaking to the priests. By the way, just this morning I was driving here to church, to Grace, and... I drove by another church in the city of Orange and there were picketers all over in front of the church. People holding big signs. And I was saying to my kids, I wonder what that, is there like a big celebration going on maybe? Oh no. They are picketing their church. And as I'm driving by, I'm kind of rubbernecking and trying to read one of the signs and here's the one I read. Here's how it goes. Our priests are full of emptiness and mediocrity that's what the sign said that I read our priests are full of emptiness and mediocrity by the way if I ever drive up to Grace Church of Orange and and there's (laughs) picketers and all that I'm just going to keep driving (laughs) it's like wow scary stuff what's going on there I don't want to go there this morning no, but this is exactly what God was saying to those who were in charge of His people. Exactly what He was saying. You're full of emptiness and mediocrity. See, God was to be honored. God is to be honored. He, his name should be honored. Who He is should always be honored. Just like a father loves his children, his children love him back. Like a, a good master to the people uh, who, he, who he oversees they, they love him back God is saying where's my honor It's Like where's the beef right Remember the old uh, where's the beef Where's the honor God's saying I don't, I don't see it It's not there Honor means to respect Honor means to be in awe of Honor means to, to show reverence for And by the way When he says where's my honor It doesn't mean hey by the way That one time you didn't honor me What God is pointing to is there was an ongoing dishonor. An ongoing, over and over and over again dishonor. By the way, the opposite of honor is disobedience. Obedience is to define the relationship between servant and master. But the people here were being belligerent to God. They were fighting against Him. And and it's seen in the way they answer Him back. They basically throw back into god's face the very thing he says i have loved you and they're like how have you loved us and then he says and priest you are despising my name how have we despised your name the comeback is immediate and it is it is almost mocking today it's popular to show dishonor instead of honor the 60s are alive and well in 2014 to reject authority and to disrespect or resist the influence of those that are over us what if you by the way what if you showed up at a restaurant this week and you have a favorite spot or you want to make it your favorite spot so you bring paint and decorations and even pictures from home and you start decorating your booth and the owner comes up and goes what in the world are you doing i'm i'm making myself at home this is my spot it's going to be my spot the owner's going to say you're out of your mind you need to leave right now we do with someone else's what we try to act as if it's ours it's what they were doing with god they were they were taking god and saying you know we're we're in charge god we know better and we're telling the people everything they need to know well they're telling them lies by the way reverence John Benton talks about reverence this way. Reverence is not the the homage which weak minds pay to religious tradition and the status quo. It is rather the loving, sincere, and practical recognition of the greatness of God. So when you are reverencing God, you you are showing a very loving, from the heart, sincere, honest, appreciation for recognition of acknowledgement of god's greatness you are saying god is so great that i want to follow whatever he says god is so great i believe what he says and i am not going to dishonor him the first thing we see here though is that god should be honored all the time But the second thing I want you to see here, and you see it in really the end of verse 6 and then on through verse 10, is that God's name is not always honored. God's name should be honored, but it is not always honored. And here is a prime example. God says, you're saying how have we despised your name? Now he's going to tell them, he says, I'll tell you. Verse 7, by offering polluted food on my altar. Spoiled food, bad food, leftovers. And they keep asking, well, how have we done that? Verse 8, offering blind animals in sacrifice. And, and they're doing it and God says, it's evil. He says, is it not, not evil? And the lame and the sick you offer, isn't it evil? He says, give that to your governor. This was at a time in their history where Nehemiah was back in Persia and there was probably another governor taking his spot at that point and he's like you wouldn't give a gift like this to your to your governor why are you trying to do it with me Leviticus 22 verses 19 through 21 and there's a lot of other places in scripture that it's talked about how are you supposed to offer an offering to God in that context and it says that if you're going to get the offering accepted by God it must be a male without blemish, of the bulls or of the sheep, or of the goats. So like a three legged sheep wouldn't work. Okay? Or a sheep that had some kind of defect, you will love it and all that, but you're not going to offer it to God. It says, You shall not offer anything that has a blemish, for it will not be acceptable for you. And when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, to fulfill a vow, or as a free will offering from the herd or from the flock, to be accepted it must be perfect there shall be no blemish in it god is holy what he says needs to be respected and this is the the rule that god had laid out for his people he didn't mince words he wasn't saying one thing and meaning another he meant what he said deuteronomy 15 21 says if if it has any blemish If it is lame or blind or has any serious blemish whatsoever, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. And the reason behind it was they were to bring their best to God. They were to bring their best in worship. There was a really odd way of, in that culture of thinking about giving sacrifices in, in the pagan world especially in Mesopotamia they had this very twisted view of what it meant to offer sacrifices quote-unquote to the gods little g gods in their mind people were to serve the gods and as they served them, they were to nourish the gods with food and drink. They were literally to supply what the God needed from them for the God to be kept alive. It sounds crazy to us, but that's the, that was the mindset. So the sacrifices were meant to meet the needs of the gods. God's system had nothing to do with that twisted idea. In the Old Testament, the sacrifices and the altars had a very completely different meaning and objective. The one true God was 0% dependent on man for sustenance. So sacrifices to God served a very different purpose. It was to bring them to God... In worship, in, in loving thanks to God for all that he had done for them. Now, God says, you're not doing that. You are, are being evil. You are despising my name. The idea was they were ignoring God's word. They were completely ignoring what God said. And basically saying, we don't have to do that. This was very serious. This was, this was wrong. They, they, they were dishonoring God by not listening to, to what he said. God's name, who God is, and his word are eternal. They are authoritative. And therefore, they are binding upon us. They are, they are holding us accountable. We are accountable to God. We are responsible before God. And so our lives must be governed by the living and abiding word of God because God's word is truth. And if you don't, you are basically believing lies and you are not honoring God. And God is basically calling them to change their ways and he knows what's in their hearts and these questions just get thrown back in God's face. There is pride towards God. There is arrogance on the people's part. Even blindness, the the kind of blind spots in their life that they can't see. There's a lack of self-awareness. They're oblivious, seems like. God wanted them to to stop faking it. Verse 9 is an interesting verse. It's sarcasm. It is not what they were really saying. It's now... Here's what you're saying. Let's entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. That, that word literally means to, to look upon the, his face, to appease God. It literally means to flatter his face, to raise up the face. They're trying to be accepted even while giving exactly what God says not to give. And God says, You're not getting any favor, I'm not accepting that offering and then he says in verse 10 he, he escalates it he ratches it up and says just shut the doors just close up the temple God didn't want the temple closed God wanted the people lovingly worshipping him but he says you just you should probably just shut it down if this is what you're going to do the only other time in the Bible that the request came to shut these temple doors was to be saved from being killed by an enemy malachi is saying you shut those doors to prevent the killing of unacceptable animals for sacrifice by those who know better they're bringing second-rate gifts they're bringing leftovers it's like when you want to re-gift the wedding gift that you got that you didn't like and you want to present it to someone and say oh you're going to really like this i hate it but you'll love it i don't want it i need to get rid of it so i'm going to give it to someone else it's going to be their problem and they'll re-gift it to someone else And here's the thing They're literally attempting to To deceive God They're attempting to pull one over on God And what that te- it means to us Is that they were denying his lordship They were denying God's lordship They were denying God's authority They were denying God's person they were giving worthless sacrifices because they didn't think God was worthy of them or didn't think it was worth all the effort. In fact, God says to them, look, you are expressing weariness over all of this and you're profaning. By the way, the, way the word profane means to stab or to wound and he says, you're, you're, you're saying, Oh, this is just so hard. And you're sneering and sniffing. It literally means to blow away. You're, you're saying, This doesn't matter. What God says doesn't matter. I don't want to do any of that. They're saying, What a drag. This is boring. They're acting like they're wandering in the desert, like God's left them out in the desert. And he had brought them back to their land. And they had the walls built up, and they had the, the temple. God had set them up pretty nicely and, and here's this nation that God had, had said you're going to administer justice for those who've been robbed and instead they're bringing animals that, were, that had been robbed that had been stolen and were presenting those to God it was a shambles the whole thing was a mess and I know it's so easy for us we, we read the word and we're like boy those people were really messed up and I'm sure glad I'm not like them When do we despise God's name? Could it be? I'm I'm just thinking out loud here. I really am. Like a wife who says to her husband, you know, you say you love me, but you keep showing that you don't by your actions. You say you really cherish me and that I'm just the number one person in the world to you, but I don't see that in daily living. And, And the husband's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying so hard wimp and here's the deal could it be that there is a blind spot that causes us not to see in the peripheral vision or even right in front of us exactly what we're really doing when we're coming to God and saying God I just want to worship you with all my heart and could it be that we are fooling ourselves we, we have to at least ask the question. I think it's fair. I think it's fair for us to at least ask the question and not presume that we're doing everything right and we're doing everything the way God says and we're going by the word. Only God knows the hearts of his people and despising his name can reveal itself in probably all sorts of different ways. I'll give you some of the ways I thought up this week. Maybe you despise God's name when you don't think it's worth it to take the time to spend a significant amount of time in the word of God reading it knowing what it says and praying to God and talking to God maybe you come to God in prayer and, and to read the word or even go to a bible study or to serve him in some way and you to take no thought about his greatness you take no thought about who he is but just about how you're going to be involved and it's kind of centered all around you and your interactions Maybe we dishonor God when we treat the church like a display case for museum pieces instead of like a family. And by the way, not the family portrait where everyone's looking perfect. Oh, you look great today. I don't mean that. I just mean you come with hurts, you come with pain, and you expect everyone to read your mind or to come alongside and it's just really tough. Or you don't even see anybody. You don't see it you don't see the pain you don't see the needs you just you just come you check and you go because you checked in you might even check in on your phone i checked in at grace church of orange i guess i really worship god with all my heart or how about you come to a worship time and you don't wholeheartedly jump in and participate but you basically just sit there like a like a critic and you evaluate everything i don't like that song I don't like the way that sounds I don't like the way like he said that I don't like the way he mo- keeps walking around And being all hyperactive when he talks And I don't like this And I don't like that I always tell people Be yourself and preach the word <laughs> Trust God the whole time Now here's the easy thing to do Well God doesn't give me a paycheck God doesn't give me a report card So he can wait i got to deal with the people that are going to evaluate me. i got to deal with the people that are going to actually make decisions about my future. What about when you go to church or to a gathering of other believers and you have unreconciled relationships, broken relationships that is within your power to do something about? Unfinished business. Jesus was very clear on the Sermon on the Mount that you are to to first be reconciled to your brother And then come and bring your offering See people may be fooled But God is not You know a lot of people just show up to Quote unquote" church And think they've done fellowship with God and his people And they've merely scratched the tiny little surface Barely making a dent What if we continue to speak negatively About other people behind their backs or we persist in a critical spirit, or we're happy to, to continue in cold indifference towards people that we just really don't like. And our heart doesn't even break over all the needs we see. And we don't attempt in any way to even try to meet those needs or even ask about them, because we realize we'll be on the hook for something. And most of us live our lives like this. Well, I've only got so much time, and I've only got so much money, And I never feel like I have enough time And I never feel like I have enough money Because it's all about time and money to us Maybe that's our God Maybe you keep the best for yourself And give the scraps to God But you say you're giving your best to God And he says what's the bleeding of sheep That I hear What is that in your garage What is that in your house What is that in your car What are you holding back And why where do we think God's word is not binding On us Where do we think that We don't have to treat it as authoritative You know the one I don't like Is the speed limit one I thought the, the M Stood for minimum But we go, we go and, and, and even when we pay our taxes We try to hey Take every everything You can legally take Without being unethical Or lying how about dirty jokes profanity when we say oh that's oh uh, yeah that's funny though taking god's name in vain uh not in accordance with its worth how many of you are an elder at grace church of orange raise your hand please elders how many of you are a pastor at grace church of orange how many teach bible class Teach a Bible class of any way, of any form. A home group. Uh, that you're, you're a Sunday school teacher. You're, you're a WANA leader. Let me see your hands. You're, there are a whole bunch of people in this room that are called to lead. You, you've taken on a responsibility. That's a big responsibility because people are going to learn from you. Jesus wants you to follow him and, and obey his word. God says here, the priests, the leaders aren't leading appropriately. What if you don't want to lead the way God wants you to lead because you're afraid of what everyone's going to think? There's a lot of churches where pastors and elders are afraid to speak the truth because they say, well, people aren't going to come anymore and they're not going to give as much money. Sometimes believers can despise God's word when we stay silent. Someone said it's been... quoted and probably misquoted many times and uh, Edmund Burke is the one that I found it I don't know if he said this or not but the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing when we stay silent and we should speak we could in effect be celebrating sin and think it's not that bad we could mock and we could laugh when we are to abstain from every appearance of evil that's what God wants of his people Christians, by the way, are not called to be salt and light. Christians are salt and light. Jesus said, you are. And sometimes the salt becomes diluted and the light becomes dim. And we're bent to conform rather than to confront. More wired to appease rather than to redeem. We stay maybe complacent and not think and let the world set the low bar for truth. you know it's interesting sometimes we think that we have to have these big repentances all the time the christian life is all about repenting of sin but it's really the little repentances that god wants you don't want to have to get to the place where where you need a whole tear down and remodel okay whole rebuild you just want kind of some some adjustments some fine tuning you want to live that way where god uh, makes you aware of your sin and you confess it to him and you keep going in, in healthiness in christ you know if you get to the point where there needs to be a whole tear down and rebuild then you need the giant leap of repentance but god wants the baby steps of repentance on an ongoing basis from his people it's about honor and dishonor it's about as romans 12 says um offer yourselves a living sacrifice offer your bodies a living sacrifice to god We can't be content to be hearers only and not doers of the word. i want to give you one final thing that I, I see in this passage I want you to see and it's in verses 11 and verse 14. God's name will, will be honored. God's name is going to be honored. God's name should be honored. God's name isn't always honored but God's name will be honored. He says from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great. That literally means All the time in every place. There will be a time when my name will be magnified. That his universally acknowledged character will be be held in highest esteem. That his fame and his reputation will be held in high regard by all those who come to him in faith. There are Old Testament names for God. I really don't have the time to go through them. We'll put them up. But there are many Many names that God is, is concerned about because God is committed to His name. The reason why God's name will be magnified and God's name will be honored is because God is committed to His name. If it was up to us, it wouldn't happen. But because God is in charge of this process, it will. And so we need to accept His power and might that He is the Most High God, the Everlasting God, the Strong One who sees, God Almighty, the Lord, the Lord, The eternal God, the the Lord, our healer, the Lord, our shepherd, the Lord of hosts. All the angels of heaven will worship him, the Lord, our peace, the Lord who is with us, the Lord who is our righteousness. If God is our father and our master and our king, and Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the exact representation, and Colossians says he's the exact representation and manifestation of God, then you need to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe the gospel truth about Jesus. I love going to garage sales, and good garage sale signs are hard to come by where you get pointed in the right direction to where you're supposed to be going. But you know what? We're not supposed to be pointing people to ourselves. We need to be more like steeples than selfies we're supposed to be more like steeples pointing people to Jesus not self-portraits pointing people to ourselves you honor God when you do what he says you dishonor him when you don't And 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 17 has the answer for us it says if you call on him as father the one who judges impartially according to each one's deeds conduct yourselves with fear reverence awe of God Throughout the time of your exile, the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. We are going to offer God leftovers often because we are faithless sometimes. But God is faithful. He will never deny Himself, and God did in Christ what we could never do. He, Jesus, offered Himself as the spotless Lamb, the um, unblemished Lamb, the perfect sacrifice, so that we would be able to honor God by doing what He says. Let's pray. Lord God, we I, we want to acknowledge You and Your Word in settings both public and private we want to get very specific and and say it is the Lord Jesus Christ who is the Alpha and the Omega the spotless Lamb of God who calls us by grace draws us to Himself whose blood cleanses us from all sin whose righteousness we trust in whose finished work on the cross we cling to who is the way, the truth, and the life the only name under heaven by which we must be saved our Master, our King And Lord, we want to acknowledge your love for us by honoring you with loving devotion. No leftovers. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.